Hi friends, welcome to the Inspiring Heights podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Kaiser, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 12 Days of Christmas series here on Inspiring Heights. Typically, we launch podcasts every other Monday, but seeing as how Christmas is the most amazing and beautiful and wonderful time of the year, we thought there was really nothing better than having 12 days in a row where we could talk about all sorts of fun Christmas things. So we are super glad you're here. Let's get to it. In today's 12 Days of Christmas episode, I got the opportunity to sit down with my friend Scott and have a conversation about generosity in our communities. Scott is the Transformational Ministry Director of Love, Inc. of the Black Hills. He was an Army officer for four years and has his Master's of Divinity from Denver Seminary. Scott and his family moved to Rapid City this past year, and we have had the great privilege of getting to know him and his wife and kiddos and have just really thoroughly enjoyed building a friendship with them. We're so thankful for their presence in our lives, um, in our community, and in our church. And Scott is just full of good wisdom. You're going to hear that in today's episode. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Scott, thanks so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, really happy to be here. Would you start by just kind of telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm a uh, husband and father of three with one on the way and uh, grew up in the Midwest, kind of spent my 20s traveling all over the West, active army, and then as a teacher and wanted to return to the Midwest and uh, also enter vocational ministry. And so as Lord would have it, we ended up moving to Rapid City this past spring as I took a job with a Christian nonprofit in the poverty alleviation sphere. Just really enjoy investing in the local church, in our family, just building really sweet Christian friendship with others and doing life, life alongside like-minded people. Yeah, that's awesome. We've really enjoyed you and your family's friendship, and we're really happy that you're in Rapid City. So I did an episode with my mom here on the 12 Days of Christmas to talk about generosity with our neighbors, and we talked about what that looks like. And today I really want to focus on generosity from kind of a global community perspective. And so you are working in the nonprofit sector, ministry, nonprofit ministry sector. So tell us what drew you to nonprofit ministry. Yeah, great. The organization I'm with now is called Love Inc. or Love in the Name of Christ. They are several decades old. They have about 50 affiliates across the country. And I was really particularly drawn to to this position because the mission of Love Inc. is to mobilize local churches to transform lives and communities in the name of Christ. And so oftentimes poverty alleviation work, uh, either abroad or domestically, gets divorced from the work of the local church, which is really disappointing. It's not, it can't be that way if we're going to see lasting transformation. And so- yeah. I just love that uh, this organization in particular is about equipping, mobilizing, inspiring the local church to do the work of poverty alleviation, uh, not just to pass it off to to the nonprofits to do it. Yeah, for sure. Why does it get divorced from the church, do you think, so often? Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons. One is it is it can be very paralyzing. Like, where do I start? Let's say I have, I have a church, especially in maybe like a suburban area. 
where you don't see a lot of material poverty or you don't mm -hmm. think there's a lot of material poverty around you to say like, where do I start? All that stuff is not in the inner city or something like that. Uh, or even if you live in a small town like Rapid City, the neighborhoods tend to be segregated by wealth just because that's like home prices are going to attract a certain income level of family. And so the poverty gets isolated in certain neighborhoods. So your church might not be, be nearby. So I think there's a part of it is churches, Christians maybe don't know kind of where to begin. And the other part of it is it's just a lot easier to give money. And whether it's your church financially supporting a ministry or it's you personally individually supporting a ministry, it doesn't take any time. It doesn't take any risk. It doesn't require like the messy, scary relational aspect of ministering to someone directly to just give financially to a ministry that's going to do it for you. I don't think people think through that like, oh, let me let me give so that I don't have to do this. I don't think there's like ill intent, you know, most of the time. But I think inevitably that's a tendency we have, especially in America. We tend to like efficiency programs, things like that. We're more prone to say, hey, these people are already doing this work. They're these so-called, you know, quote unquote experts in poverty relief. So let's just give money to them and let them do that and feel good that someone's doing it. When really, I think the scriptures call every Christian and every congregation to be involved in caring for the poor in one way or another. Tell us about some of the specific ways that people get involved with Love and Life, Inc. Like, what does that look like from a practical standpoint? Yeah, certainly. So Life, Inc. is the uh, adult education program, the transformational ministry of Love, Inc. Every affiliate calls it something different, but we've called it Life, Inc., Life in the Name of Christ. We're really trying to equip people particularly the working poor, with the life skills, the social networks, and the supportive and encouraging relationships that they need to make lasting long-term changes in their lives as they move towards, towards self-sufficiency. And that is definitely you know measured materially, that they're moving towards less and less use of government assistance. They're maximizing their own uh, earning potential with the gifts and the time that God has given them. They're stewarding the resources that they do have wisely, but it also includes, you know, a, a social network. So most of us, if we're if we weren't born into poverty, if we have a a family with a mom and a dad that weren't divorced, particularly, if we grew up in a good church, we were actually kind of born into a really great supportive network of people who could care for us if something were to happen. So if my car broke down, if I needed somebody to watch my kids so I could take my wife to the hospital. If I injured myself and needed someone to loan me, you know, a month's wages before I could get back to work, those kinds of like, you know, emergency type issues, people in the middle class and in the upper class of society typically have people that in their lives because they're engaged in their communities through either hobbies or clubs or particularly the local church who can step in and kind of meet those needs. But oftentimes people in poverty don't have people in that situation, or the people that they do have are similarly struggling and don't have the means to step in and help them. And so something really simple, like I said, like imagine a guy who works construction and he just does like day labor contract work. He's not formally employed. He hurts himself on the job site. He doesn't have, he's not covered by workman's comp. And so now he's spending weeks not earning any income while he waits for his foot to heal. Well, who, who's going to step in and help you know, kind of cover the gap in the meantime. So all this to say is that a huge way that people can get involved 
is in this kind of relational aspect of ministry with the idea that you're not necessarily going to, you know, bail this person out. You're not going to necessarily just inject wealth into their life, but you're going to be there to provide that kind of supportive network that should some sort of crisis happen, uh, we can get them back on their feet and continue moving in the right direction, stop the bleeding, so to speak, uh, right away and keep moving towards full transformation. And the other thing is just providing that encouragement and that mentorship and the wisdom of here's how God's word tells us to structure our lives. And let me model that for you. Let me point you in the right direction so that you can start modeling your life after God's wisdom as well, which is inevitably going to be fruitful. Providing that, yeah, that wisdom, that encouragement to somebody to say, hey, like life really can be different, uh, particularly people who maybe grew up in generational poverty for generations. This is all they've seen is their parents living paycheck to paycheck, uh, moving from house to house, several evictions, fatherlessness, uh, substance abuse. Many people who grow up in that just think that's like normal. That's inevitable. That's going to be their story. So a huge part of poverty relief can just be painting a picture for how life could be different and giving someone the hope that like you don't have to remain in these circumstances with our, you know, help coming alongside you, you can have a different story. Yeah, it's so good. I love the work that the Loving and Laughing Ministry does in our community. I spent the first several years of my career in the nonprofit ministry sector as well and spent a lot of time serving families who were living in poverty, so many of which are living in generational poverty. And it's exactly what you said, Scott. I mean, just they can be doing so well. Things can be going great. They can have an apartment, have a have transportation, have a job. And one small thing, a kiddo gets sick, uh, mom gets sick, dad gets sick, anything. Someone passes away and they have to leave for a funeral. Any one little thing can completely derail them. And so much of it comes back to that social network that we don't even think about that, honestly, unless you've been in that spot. It is really, really mind-opening to walk alongside someone who has no one who can bail them out of any situation that they're in. And so that's just one of the things that's so beautiful about the model of ministry that Love Inc. is doing is that everything is done from that posture of surrounding the people that Love Inc. is serving with people who can extend their social network. And I love that. I love that posture so much. We are in the month of December and this time of year tends to be just filled with so many really fun things that we're doing with our families, our traditions, our churches, like just all the things that we're up to. But I also think it's a time of year where we pause and reflect on really wanting to be generous in our community, both with our finances and our time. So I would love for you to tell listeners, what does it look like to be generous um, again, both with finances and time right now in December, but then also looking forward ahead to January 1st. Yeah, yeah, just one word about giving and then I'll get to the time is, you know, really do your due diligence to investigate the agencies, the organizations, the partnerships that you have financially to make sure that they're doing the kind of work that is not just meeting material needs, but really moving moving the needle on moving people out of poverty towards self-sufficiency. And don't yeah. be afraid to reevaluate that year after year to ask hard questions, ask how these organizations are partnering with the local church to make sure that your dollars are going towards something that's actually following a biblical model of poverty alleviation and providing hope that to those that they're, you know, that they're meeting. It's really easy, especially this time of year to get behind things that maybe like provide toys to families in need, 
or you know like a thanksgiving dinner or something like that uh and well that's that's fine and good that's not going to move someone like a, a week later they'll be they'll be back to where they were and it can actually reinforce this self-image of i depend on others uh, i'm not capable of providing this myself i needed yeah. someone else's help it can kind of reinforce those poor self-image kind of items so just be careful about where your dollars go not to to spook you into stopping all your giving or anything like that but don't be afraid to, to ask hard questions and and reevaluate the kind of partnerships you have but with regards to your time, I think now is a really great, uh, so I'm just thinking about my organization in particular, a lot of, because we exist to mobilize the local church, we tend to slow a lot of our programming down this time of year. It's kind of a big fundraiser time of year. We're focused on some administrative items and stuff. This next month, December would be a really great time to reach out and start doing some training, mm -hmm. to, to reach out to that that local ministry and say, hey, I'd like to be volunteering with you this coming year. I'd love to be able to hit the ground running in January, maybe have some New Year's resolutions re regarding this um, that you and your family could come up with, maybe a certain number of hours you wanna serve in your community. Maybe take December to evaluate which agency that is that you wanna partner with, or whether it's as a church that you wanna to mobilize together as a unit and reach out for more training from those organizations. Say, hey, I'd like to be a volunteer, what can I do to get ready? And they may have their own volunteer training pipeline that they've developed. That's what we do at Love Inc. Or they might just point you towards some resources. A really good one is a book called When Helping Hurts, which I think does the best job I've found so far of, of kind of laying out the correct diagnosis of poverty at being much closer to this uh, relational core of who we are kind of issue. It's not just a material need. So read, maybe go out and read that book as you have some holiday time uh, available and process that with your church or with your small group. But I think one of the best ways to get involved is to just say, hey, I'd like to be involved and I wanna do it the right way. And then go to those people who are already engaged in that work and ask them to help guide you in making that decision. Yeah, that's great, that's great. I will link the book When Helping Hurts in the show notes. I also am a huge lover of that book. Uh, we were able to go through that in Sunday school last year with our church community. There's just a lot to be learned and a lot of good insight that comes from that book. So I'll definitely link it in the show notes. Thank you so much for that, Scott. Really appreciate your wisdom and insight on that. As we're wrapping up today, we've been asking everyone what their favorite Christmas tradition is. What is that for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think for the pa in the past 10 years, my wife and I have never been in our own home during Christmas because we've always traveled back to Iowa to visit family. Yeah. So this will actually be our first year ever like in our own home as a family with our kids starting to establish some of those Christmas traditions and stuff. But one of mine that I've ended up doing pretty much every year just because of the nature of travel back to Iowa and stuff is, uh, is, is linking up with my brother, my dad, a friend, and trying to go shooting sometime oh, yeah. yep. during that kind of like uh, that. It's just a nice way to get outside, even though it's cold, you know, you don't have to be out for very long, but just kind of gather around, have some fun and kind of re-engage those relationships that you haven't maybe been able to invest in for the past year. Yeah. Ah, that's so fun. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for being here. This was really great. Yeah, certainly, Vanessa. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today to the 12 Days of Christmas here on Inspiring Heights. 
We hope that today's episode left you feeling inspired and full of Christmas cheer. Hey, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Inspiring Heights or on our website, inspiringheights.org. If you haven't already, we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment so that people who have never listened before have a sense of what the show is about even before they hit play. Okay, friends, until next time, take a deep breath and be inspired where your feet are. Bye for now.